This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Actually, something supporter Christine Pei is at the scene with what we know. Apparently, we don't have that story. Right now, astronomers at the University of... Shooting investigation in southwest Albuquerque. You can see... up yo i'm dave rubin this is the rubin report it is february 8th 2024 we're live streaming on rumble locals and youtube we've got a rubin report community q a if you want to get a question in on the fly rubinreport.locals.com and you can ask me anything as the kids do on the internet i'm running out of air uh, the theme of today's show is that normal people continue to wake up and i really want to make that a theme of the show going forward. If anyone anywhere, be it a football star, a podcaster, a politician, a janitor, or a shoe salesman, if they start waking up for whatever reason and start speaking out and it starts getting traction, those are the voices that I wanna amplify because I keep telling you guys, it's not about this right-left thing, it's not liberal conservative, it's basically kind of roughly sane people who may not agree on every little thing like abortion or taxes or whatever, but kind of believe in freedom and decency and that think America and all that stuff is good. It's us versus everybody else. And I wanna amplify the people that are doing that uh, at, at the very, at not only right this moment, but I want to I want to do it so that the dam will break and more and more of us will speak up because I think there are way more of us and they've effectively silenced us and you got to give them credit uh, when they've done that because it has worked and that's why we are kind of at the place that we are at right now. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, football star Aaron Rodgers who was on Joe Rogan yesterday. Who's he's just gone through such an incredible red pilling just so fast. Rogan's gone through, I would say, a bit of a slower red pilling, but it's happened to him. Uh, we're going to connect that to the new El Salvador, well, the not new, he's been a pr uh, prime minister for a couple of years now, president, uh, Naib Bukele, who just got re-elected and he is totally red-pilled and you can sort of see how the media treats people who want you to think for yourself and uh, not just be obedient to the machine. So that's what we will be doing on the program today. Get yourself some popcorn and get ready to go. But first, let's talk about Tax Network USA. Guys, are you struggling with your back taxes or unfiled returns? The IRS is escalating collections, adding 20,000 new agents and sending over 5 million collection letters to kick off this year. In these challenging times, your best defense is Tax Network USA. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. With over 14 years of experience, Tax Network USA has saved their clients over a billion in back taxes. No matter the size of your tax issue, their expertise is your advantage. They specialize in negotiating with the IRS, aiming to significantly reduce your debt. Tax Network USA doesn't just negotiate, they also protect your assets from IRS seizures and manage uh, your yearly returns for ongoing compliance. 
Importantly, they are licensed to help you with all state tax issues, regardless of where you live in the US. The clock is ticking. Don't wait as the IRS steps up its game. Seize control of your financial future now. Contact Tax Network USA for immediate relief and expert guidance. Call 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com slash Dave. Don't let tax issues overpower you. Turn to Tax Network USA and find your path to financial peace of mind. Okay, so what did I just say a moment ago for those of you paying attention? Normal people waking up, people who are not particularly political, who then make some choice about what they want to be injected with or how much they want to pay in taxes or whether they want to live in a country that has a border and next thing you know, they're bigots and racists and homophobes and everything else. That is the group of people I'm interested in. Aaron Rodgers, uh, of course, major football star is one of them. And we've played a bunch of clips of him over the last couple of months because he's been going through this red billing process, which had a lot to do with COVID. Uh, but it wasn't just COVID because he started speaking out against COVID. And then, of course, what happened? The mainstream media started going after him. He's a conspiracy theorist. He shouldn't be allowed to play in the NFL. He's dangerous. He's also a racist, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, he went on Joe Rogan yesterday to talk about big pharma and how they control the narrative. The problem with that, it's to control the messaging. Yes. I mean, they're f controlling the message. So For does, sure. So if, if somebody went after that and said, hey, you're not gonna be allowed to advertise on TV anymore, because I think we're one of the only countries, maybe there's one other country. New Zealand's the only other country. Okay, so there's two countries. It would be, you know, they would be attacked for anti-science or, yeah. or whatever it might be, what, what RFK wants to do. Um, you know, kind of the dismantling or the re-forming, uh, realigning of the CDC and the NIH and some of these alphabet companies who've been uh, lying and misleading the public for so long, you know, he would get absolutely slaughtered by, by the media. Why? Be not because they actually believe that, but because who's paying them? Yes. It's those companies. So they control the message. So when when you come out and talk about you know, what you use to heal yourself during COVID or when I come out and talk about or Dr. Peter McCullough or Robert Malone or insert anybody who was just trying Pierre to bring Corey. Pierre yeah. Corey, they get absolutely railroaded yeah. and censored and silenced and attacked and yeah. slandered. It's not, I mean, it's not the news. It's corporate controlled. It's completely controlled. And it's, it's not good for us. And the fact that people went along with it because they thought ideologically that that group of people aligned with their side and the other side was Donald Trump and the MAGA and the vaccine deniers and all all the craziness that they attributed to that. I mean, it's really kind of brilliant the way they've pushed this propaganda. But at the end of the day, it's not beneficial to, to the greater good of society. All right. So I know you guys know all that already at this point. Of course, when he talks about controlling the messaging, we've shown you that compilation video many times during COVID, how they'd be covering COVID on NBC News, CNN, uh, ABC, et cetera. And then they'd cut to commercial brought to you by Pfizer. And it's like, oh, really? So you're taking money from the very people who are, you are supposed to be objectively talking about and, and criticizing where criticism is due, et cetera, et cetera. So it is bought and controlled. And of course, what Rogan hits on at the end there is also right that, you know, unfortunately, so many people went all in on Donald Trump and the conservatives and the Republicans are all racists and maniacs and they hate everybody and everything else that that liberal chunk of people, let's say, or the sort of mainstream chunk of people, they were just like, oh, we'll just trust the experts because at least they're not them. And the experts, the entire expert class basically 
made up a whole bunch of stuff. They made up, they had to redefine the word vaccine because this vaccine didn't actually vaccinate you. Uh, six foot social distancing made no sense. The lockdowns made no sense, all of those things. And if you haven't seen my interview yet from just two days ago uh, in DC with Senator Rand Paul, he talks about how when, where uh, um, Aaron Rodgers is talking about these alphabet companies, the NIH, CDC, et cetera, et cetera. What Rand Paul talks about is everyone's still there. Nobody's been fired, right? Like Fauci's gone, he retired, but he's still influential in that world, obviously. But after all of this stuff, there was no reckoning. So RFK Jr. or Ron DeSantis, the guys that wanted the reckoning, doesn't look like they're gonna get it. Unfortunately, that's how the swamp operates. Anyway, they uh, continue to talk a bit more about how the mainstream media, no, we're going to drop this one. What? What? Oh yeah. 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 They continue to talk about, a bit more about how the mainstream media covers these things. And look what the mainstream media uh, did when Joe Rogan announced he had COVID and how he was going to take care of himself. And it turns out I got COVID. So we immediately threw the kitchen sink at it. All kinds of meds, monoclonal antibodies, uh, ivermectin, Z-Pak, uh, prednisone, everything. Did you catch what CNN did right there? Did you see the color of Joe Rogan's face on the CNN version of that? He looked completely fine and normal and had a reddish hue uh, when he went on his experimental medications. Uh, and uh, when CNN put him on, he was green. So this is just another way that they do all these things. And by the way, then what happened at the exact same time as all of this was unfolding, suddenly for two weeks, the entire mainstream media was calling Joe Rogan racist because they unearthed videos of him saying the N-word, even though, as you know, he was not saying it in a racist way. He was saying it to mock the people who actually are racist. Uh, but who's been the number one guy going after Aaron Rodgers as Aaron Rodgers has woke up, well, it is, uh, I would say, government mouthpiece, quote unquote, comedian Jimmy Kimmel. And you may remember this one from his show at the height of COVID. This, this is one, like if you look at all of the late night crap that we can show you and throw back to during COVID, this might be the single. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Worst moment. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. I don't, that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in, we'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're Think of the level of evil of that. I know you've seen that clip before. I mean, that is deeply, deeply evil. It's against the Hippocratic Oath. And we now know that the vaccines didn't even work. And the heart attack that the vaccinated person might be having might have been because of uh, the vaccine in the first place. So who's a worse person? Who got more of the stuff wrong and wanted to take out their anger throughout all of this on other people? Is it Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan, or is it a guy like Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, anyway, Aaron Rodgers continued yesterday to talk about what's the motivation of the people who did things like Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, it's just it's on and on and on through this whole thing. My, my thing is this, is, you know, all of us who've been attacked for our position, to all those people, what do you think the f 
motivation is. Yeah. I mean, you know, just look at my own situation. Like, I lost friends, allies in the media, millions of dollars in sponsorship because I talked about what worked for me and my own beliefs and my own health reasons why I didn't get vaccinated. And by the way, you were right. Yeah. You were right. Look, you didn't need it. Look how quickly you recovered. You were fine. And same with you. Yeah. And what did they do? They changed the color of your face. (laughs) (laughs) They, They vilified all early treatments, including yeah. a medicine that has one of the safest profiles yeah. out there. That the, the, the we've talked about it. The guy who invented it got a Nobel, Nobel Prize. Prize. Yeah, they were using it all over the world in Uttar Pradesh, in Africa, yeah. and various oh, yeah. places. And that's what you do during a pandemic, right? You find ways to repurpose drugs yeah. for early treatments. But now they couldn't do that because if there's an early treatment, then they can't get the EUA. Drugs that have been do proven to have antiviral properties. Yeah. I but mean, what's the motivation for Peter McCullough, who got vilified? What's the motivation for Robert Malone? Like. Well, if you know Peter McCullough, Peter McCullough is like, that guy has standards and morals and ethics. I mean, yeah. he is a rock solid dude. And he actually treated guy. patients, too. He actually treated patients. He's also the most published doctor in history yeah. in his particular field of study. The point of all of this, guys, is that when you stand up, there is going to be a cost, obviously. It quite literally cost Aaron Rodgers millions of dollars. At the height of COVID, I could not go into studios and do interviews with people, right? I have no doubt it cost sponsorship and all of those things. Did I largely become right about COVID and vaccines and everything else? Yes. And then over time in the last two plus years, our show has grown and grown and grown and grown because then people were like, oh, Dave seems like he's roughly a trustworthy guy and kind of at least directionally get things right. So I'll tune into that, right? So you win over time. The truth does work over time, but it, but it, it's messy and it's banged up as it's happening. But I I would also add, when they ask like, why do these people do these things? You have to understand, a guy like Jimmy Kimmel or a guy like Stephen Colbert or any of these late night comics or these actors who did all the videos, you know, saying if you don't get vaxxed, we're not gonna work with you and you're evil and all that stuff. They're just interchangeable parts. There's nothing that special about Jimmy Kimmel or Stephen Colbert or any of these guys. You could have any two-bit comedian do their job, right? Because they're reading off a script and yeah, there's a skill to reading off a teleprompter. And you know, they've got a bunch of writers that make them look funny. And there it's, I won't say that there's no talent there. There's a degree of talent there, but it's a very interchangeable part. So you have to bow to the system as, as a corporate comic, right? You think you think Jimmy Kimmel, if the powers that be over at ABC during COVID had been, you know, if he, if his personal ethics had been against it and he would have been like, I'm not going to do that. They would have been like, all right, you're fired. So he was like, yes, I do like making $20 million a year. And I don't begrudge him that. I begrudge him, I suppose, the way that it, uh, I don't know, went directly oppositional to the truth. Uh, anyway, a bit more just on why you should stand up because that is the theme of everything that I try to talk about on the show. In the back of their head, they know you weren't nearly as nutty as they thought you were. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more research comes out. There's more papers published in very reputable scientific um, publications that talk about, you know, all the things that I I was kind of stopping for and talking about. I think in the end, there's a you you're on a decision. You you stand for something. You stand courageously for what you believe in, or the opposite side of that is. Uh, either saying nothing or being a coward. And I wasn't willing to do that. Now, say whatever you want about the way I went about doing it. Um, In the end, I made a decision that was best for me. And I'm going to continue talking about this stuff because it's important to me. And I don't want uh, 
the memories to be lost. I don't want what I went through to get uh, brushed over. Um, and also, I don't give a you know, I've I've been able to make a ton of money playing a sport that I'm really good at, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, I have a platform. Some people want you to just shut up and be, throw a football, and that's fine. But um, I think there has to be certain voices of reason. And many people say I'm an idiot. I don't have, I'm not smart. I got attacked for my intelligence levels, which is an interesting uh, angle to attack me on. There's a lot of things you can say about me, but um, that's that's an interesting uh, angle to to go. But in the end. Um, I believe that what I did and what I stand for uh, is uh, is a tough position to be in. But I think it's important responsibility to continue to speak up and use my voice um, to give other people the permission to stand up as well. Because there's a lot of people that believe a lot of the things that I believe in that don't have the opportunity to do it, don't have the courage to do it, don't have the platform to do it in. And I feel like I can speak for some of those people and hold the line for them. It's, it's quite well said, and even the way he speaks, like the calmness, it, it's just so clearly, it's obviously true, it's what he believes and everything else. I do want to reference, you know, when he talks about people mocking him for his intelligence, you know, it's so interesting, because if you think back to the two or three crazy years of COVID, it was all of the intelligent people, wasn't it all of the really, really smart people who wanted to believe the science, and then who went all in on a whole bunch of stuff, as I referenced earlier, that we now know didn't work, the vaccines did not work, and all of the vaccine injuries that subsequently have happened. I mean, you in your own life, person watching this through the screen right now, like, don't you feel like more and more people are getting sick in weird ways? Like, I know a whole bunch of people that have had weird health things since the vaccine. I am, I am so thrilled that we decided not to get the vaccine, but I have loved ones and family members who ultimately did it. We all had our own pressures. And you know, it, 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 in its weird way, it has nothing to do with whether you're smart or not, whether you trust this stuff. It, it also goes to your temperament. How much will you be pushed? And, and at what point do you finally decide to push back? I remember for me, when we were getting pretty damn close to doing it, I didn't want to do it. I thought the whole thing was rushed out. I didn't like anything about it. And, and I felt that we were young and relatively healthy and take care of ourselves and eat right and lived in Cali where we could get sunshine and all of that stuff. Uh, but we were getting all sorts of pressures just like everybody else. And I was like, am I ever gonna go to a restaurant again? And will I see my family and all of those things. And then I remember when the, when the government came in and started saying, and this was the Biden administration, when they started having these mandates for companies. And I was sitting in, in the studio in LA with Connor, who's still here, and Michael, my former producer. And the idea that me as an employee, that I would have some uh, right over them to tell them what they have to inject themselves with, I was like, that's completely psychotic. You owe me one, Connor. Whatever happened to that Michael guy, who knows? But. But like that was completely psychotic. And, and these were all the things that we allowed to happen. And it was the smart people who went in on it, you know, the quote unquote smart people. So it has very little to do with intelligence. What they're really trying to do is insult your ability to think for yourself. So I wanna connect that to, to one other thing uh, that's happening in the world right now, which is that uh, there was an election in El Salvador and President Nayib Bukele uh, was reelected. Uh, but I wanna show you some of the headlines. Now Bukele, who has turned El Salvador which in essence was a, a third world country. I was there about a decade ago and it was very, very dangerous and run by gangs and there were only certain streets you could walk down and they had barbed wire all over the place because apparently barbed wire does keep bad people out, which is why they keep it at prisons and things like that and borders, et cetera. Uh, but he has won, he's turning the country around. There's a ton of investment happening in the country. It is way safer right now. There's a lot of good stuff happening in El Salvador right now. I wanna show you a couple headlines on how the mainstream media is treating this guy Headline from the AP, 
coolest dictator to philosopher king, Nayib Bukele's path to re-election in El Salvador. Interesting, they called him a dictator. He just won a free and fair election. A headline from CNN. In El Salvador, self-styled world's coolest dictator, Nayib Bukele heads for re-election amid human rights concerns. He did arrest a lot of gang members and make the streets safer. But again, dictator. Uh, headline from WAPO. The inescapable appeal of the world's coolest dictator. Ah, so as you know, words mean nothing. I will throw one more in for you. Headline from Time. World's coolest dictator, Nayib Bukele, claims El Salvador presidential re-election. So what this guy did when he came in, the, the entire country, in essence, had been run by gangs, quite literally. My brother-in-law was living there about a decade ago and we went and he was doing some volunteer work and we went and we had to, we lived or he lived, but we were there for a couple weeks in, a, in like this little, little community that was safe, barbed wire, armed guards everywhere. And they had gangs just all over the place. You, if you walked out, there was a good chance you were gonna be killed, certainly mugged or anything else. And that happened all over the country. People, people would literally be in their homes and then the gangs would just come and kick you out of your home. Congratulations, the gang owned your home. So this guy comes in, he, he gets the police and the military to start actually doing their job. They arrest thousands and thousands of members of these gangs. And now there is law and order. And then what happens when you have law and order on the streets? And this is a message in case you're the mayor of Chicago or of New York City watching this show. When you have law and order on your streets and people feel safe, then people are like, you know what? Maybe I'll open up a business. How about that? Maybe I'll go to the theater. Maybe I'll see what else is happening on the street and get a slice of pizza. And then economic activity starts happening. People start getting happier. They're flourishing. Good things start happening. So sort of the reverse of what's happening in our big cities is what's happening in El Salvador right now. Uh, anyway, here is video of Nayib Bukele, who is being called all of the worst things, right? Uh, much like Malay in Argentina, who is fighting the media and bringing capitalism back to his country and everything else. Uh, here he is talking about how the regime media lies about him. Pasamos, pasamos de ser, literalmente, literalmente, no es una exageración, no es una hipérbole, literalmente, pasamos de ser el país más inseguro del mundo a ser el país más seguro de todo el hemisferio occidental. El país más seguro de todo el continente americano. ¿Y qué dijeron? Está violando derechos humanos. ¿Los derechos humanos de quién? ¿De la gente honrada? No. Tal vez pusimos prioridad en los derechos de la gente honrada sobre los derechos de los delincuentes. Eso es lo único que hemos hecho. Y lo que ustedes a eso le llaman violar derechos humanos. Yo les pregunto a estos organismos, a estos gobiernos de naciones extranjeras, le pregunto a estos periodistas, ¿por qué desean que nos maten? ¿Por qué desean ver sangre de salvadoreños? ¿Por qué no están felices de que en nuestro país ya no corre la sangre que corría antes? ¿Por qué? ¿Por qué debemos morir nosotros y nuestros hijos para que ustedes estén contentos que estamos respetando su falsa democracia que ni ustedes mismos respeten en sus propios países? All right, so for those of you listening on audio, in essence, what he's saying there 
is that we are going to have a country where we are gonna stand up for the rights of our citizens, of people who are functioning in our society the way they are supposed to, for El Salvadorians. You know, he said he says something to the effect of, you know, they're criticizing me because of human rights violations. He says, human rights violations for who? For the, for the gang members? So he went in and he cleaned up his country. He claims there, I don't know that it's absolutely true, I think it's at least trending-wise true, that they went from the most dangerous country to the safest country in the Americas. I'm not totally sure that that's absolutely correct, but it certainly is, is heading in that direction. You know, there's also something else interesting about it. He has no teleprompter. He's 37 years old. He looks like he's gonna go bang his wife after that thing. And I actually think we need some of that energy, right? Does Joe Biden and Dr. Jill Biden, please, Trump and like, like there's something about a, someone that's in the, in the beginnings, he's 37, right? He's 10 years younger than me. He's in the beginning of his life. He is on the way. He has, he has a vested interest in turning this thing around for his children and everything else. And that's the spirit that countries are gonna need to turn all of this around. But, but the bumper sticker version of what he's saying is it's the same thing that Aaron Rodgers is saying and it's the same thing that Joe Rogan's saying. Yes, if you say the right thing and you do the right thing and you care about your country and good people and all those things, they will say mean things about you. They will call you a dictator. They will call you a racist. All of that stuff, you guys get all that. But it is worth it because at least you will have your own mind, right? And you might have a chance. You might have a chance to do something in this world, but other, otherwise you will live like a slave. I wanna show you one other video that, that I think is loosely related to all of this, at least in, in the context of thinking for yourself. There, there was a video that went viral over the last couple of days of a teacher debunking a student in real time and really waking this, red-pilling this kid. As I said at the top of the show, I wanna to talk to anyone and talk about anyone, whether it's a football player or a podcaster or a young kid in this case, whoever it might be that is waking up in real time because if we can do that, we can solve the problem. The problem is not gonna be solved up there, down here. It's gonna be solved down here, and then we'll fix what's up there, right? So check out, this is a teacher debunking, just so brilliantly, a student who accuses J.K. Rowling of being transphobic, and you know you know about this story. We've covered it quite a bit. J.K. Rowling, all she has said, J.K. Rowling, who of course created Harry Potter, all she has said is that you shouldn't have men and women sports and things along those lines. There's biological differences between men and women, all the stuff that we all knew was true 10 years ago. Uh, anyway, it has become sort of part of the internet that she's now transphobic and these people are trying to write her out of new Harry Potter stories. It's all so stupid. Anyway, this kid asks the teacher about J.K. Rowling's transphobia and controversial comments and just watch this. So these guys want to talk about J.K. Rowling, is, is that, so what's going on with that? What do you want to know? Uh, she's, she's had a pretty controversial past. I just want to know, like, what are your thoughts on it? And, like, do you still like her work despite her uh, bigoted opinions? So let's get specific, though. Let's define bigoted opinions. What opinions are bigoted? We're going to treat this as a thought experiment. I'm not going to say yeah. what's right or wrong or what way to think. The whole point is to learn how to think, not what to think. Yeah, yeah. So when you say bigot, you, you're, you're starting with the conclusion that given her bigoted opinions. Yeah, so first her, uh, let's start with does she have bigoted opinions? So when you, when you say bigoted opinions. She has had a history of being extremely transphobic, I've heard. Hey, you've heard. So what? can you give me an example? Uh, if you look at her Twitter, I think um, you could see a few things. Um, if you want, I could try and find yeah, see something. If you can find, see if you can find one. So, one of these tweets that she came up with in 2019, she said, 
Dress however you please, call yourself whatever you like, sleep with any consenting adult who will have you um, live your best life in peace and security, but force women out of their jobs for starting that, for stating that sex is real. So you find that bigoted? What do you find about it was in there? It was deemed transphobic. Like, I myself... Do you find that transphobic yourself? Uh, I don't really have an opinion on it, but I'm just going with what a lot of other people have said. Okay, so we're going to show you a bit more in just a second, but do you see what this teacher, and you know, we, we can make fun of teachers all the time, and our education system has been demolished, and we have activists, not teachers, and as the teacher points out there, too, much, too many places of education are teaching them what to think instead of how to think, but did you see the way he systematically did that? It was a surgical strike. Let's get specific. What's bigoted? Does she actually have bigoted opinions? Give me an example. So, okay, so then he gives the, the example, and now you can see the kid already is suddenly waffling. Well, now check this out. So let's pause it. Let's not go with what other people are saying. Let's try and learn how to critically think. So let's analyze the tweet ourselves. So that statement, do you see anything problematic? Disregarding other people's opinions. Um, she did try and pin some things on a, spe a specific group of per of people. Where does, she, where does she do that? Do that? Can you read that? But force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real. So when I hear that, I'm interpreting that as meaning if a woman says that, you know, saying that there's a difference between men and female and then being attacked as transphobic, I think that's what she's saying by attacking someone for stating that sex is real. That is exactly what she's saying. Is that I, transphobic to you? So, to me, no. Stating that sex is real is not transphobic. It's just a fact of life. It exists. So is there anything you disagree with in that tweet? Uh, in that tweet, I can't really see anything that I myself disagree with, but... I can see why some people would think, oh, this is offensive. We can't have that here or something, because... Why do you... Do you think it's fair that there's a... that she's being attacked by a large group of people and people are calling her? Like you said at the beginning of this conversation, you said, given the fact that J.K. Rowling is transphobic, how do you feel about Harry Potter? Now, yeah. retroactively looking at that statement, do you think that that was the best way to phrase no, I feel like an idiot now. It's <laughs> okay, though, but this is why we do this, to learn, to yeah. learn how to think. Do you see how beautiful that is? Like, absolutely beautiful when you calmly question people, make them think for yourselves. That's exactly what he was doing the entire time. Like, why are you saying these things? What do you think? And then by the end, the kid is basically like, oh, she's not a transphobe. And to connect that to everything else we did here, so it's sort of like maybe Joe Rogan isn't a racist, as CNN was calling him for months and months and months. Maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't anti-science. Maybe Elon Musk isn't a Nazi because he's standing up for free speech. And then I just thought I'd show you this real quick. We're gonna put this up in the studio 
We just got this yesterday, but I've referenced this many times. Uh, that is me on the front page. So this was the front page of the Sunday New York Times on uh, Sunday, June 9th, 2019. So this is almost five years ago already. And they, the headline is, The Making of a YouTube Radical, How the Site's Algorithms Played into the Hands of the Alt-Right. And there's Jordan Peterson, and there's Ben Shapiro, and there's Phil DeFranco, and there's Milton Friedman, and a whole bunch of people. I got a nice big picture over here. That was nice. And there's an entire fake story about how YouTube was making people turn to the far right, including a whole bunch of us that have done nothing of the sort. Of course, at the end, the YouTube algorithm saved this kid and he becomes a good lefty. But the point of all of that is that they are going to lie and lie to you. They are gonna make you think that the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys. But think for yourself and watch that video of that teacher again. So the next time you are in one of these conversations, with one of your NPC friends or someone who's in the process of waking up. Why do you think that? Do you really believe that's true? Oh, did Donald Trump say very fine people on both sides? Do you really believe that Brett Kavanaugh is a serial rapist, et cetera? And start questioning, really? Did you, do you think that the vaccine uh, actually stops COVID, et cetera, et cetera? And if you do that calmly and everything else without bludgeoning them, and I know it can be difficult at times and we've all done it and nobody's perfect at this, but then you can wake more people up. And then, to tie this all together, then this new thing that is, that is clearly developing right now, this new movement of just roughly sane people that can agree to disagree and have different lifestyles and all of those things, uh, but that we can all be put in a bucket together, uh, it might just be the, the strongest <coughs> political and cultural movement. It might just save the entire West. How about that? Anyway, let's talk about Moink Box real quick and then we'll get to a community Q&A. Uh, 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocer aisle every day. Well, guys, there's a better way. You know about, you know about Moink. That's Moo plus Oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste, and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and much more. Plus, you can cancel any time. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted, and they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get two free steaks in the first box. It's the best steak you'll ever taste, but for a limited time, that's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, rubenreport.locals.com community Q&A. Brock, are you in the chat right now? And we will add a question on the fly if people want to join us right this very moment. By the way, guys, you can join Locals absolutely free. If you want to comment, get some bonus stuff, et cetera, it's a couple bucks a month. That keeps us independent so I can tell you what I actually believe as opposed to getting sponsored by Pfizer. We're not sponsored by Pfizer, are we? That would be weird. Okay. All right. Uh, Darren says, what's your favorite season in Florida? Well, Darren, I got to tell you, it is, it is right now. This period of time, this January, February, March situation where you wake up in the morning and it's cool enough to put on a, like a light hoodie and take a walk. Uh, which we try to do every morning with the boys and with Clyde. And then by the afternoon, you can get in the pool and it's sunny and we get that beautiful golden hour at about six o'clock when the sun's coming down and we get beautiful colors. Like, I just love it. However, I will say, 
that Florida deserves some credit for the summer. I know every, it's hot. Oh my God, it's hot in Florida in the summer. It's so hot. Yes, are there mosquitoes? There are. Are you gonna sweat? You will, but you will feel alive. I like walking out there in June or July, middle of the day, taking Clyde out and he's panting and I'm dripping with sweat. And you come back in and you feel accomplished. You feel alive. But yes, this period right now, is this is as good as it gets. Uh, Mitchell says, how did the hardcore carnivore seasoning turn out? So, you know, I went to this place, there's a, there's a Wagyu a place not too far from the house and I went and I picked up this really sick tomahawk. I think we've got a couple pictures here. So that is a, a beautiful Wagyu tomahawk. And then they had this hardcore carnivore seasoning. These are, these are not a sponsor, although if they'd like to be, I, I would gladly take them. And what you're seeing there on the black seasoning, I posted these pictures in Locals, uh, the black seasoning, they put um, activated charcoal in it. Now, I don't think activated charcoal actually does anything for the flavor. So there's salt, pepper. I think they've got a couple of, you know, there's probably some garlic powder, onion powder, a few other of the classic steak seasonings in there. But the activated charcoal just kind of makes it look cool. So the first picture you're seeing raw, second picture, obviously when I seasoned it, I like to let it sit for like an hour, uh, obviously season it on both sides. Smoked it in the big green egg, and then I uh, seared it caveman style, which is you just throw it directly on the coals for about two minutes, and look how freaking perfect that thing was. It was, it was absolutely delicious, absolutely delicious. I'm enjoying uh, hickory uh, wood seasoning right now. You can mix it up with steaks, uh, but hickory is, I'm really nailing this right now. I'm feeling very good about the barbecue game. Thanks for asking the question. James says, Dave, I've really enjoyed the people of the internet. How's it been working with Isabel, who's such a young and talented creator? Brock, did you put that question in there as someone named James? Um, I absolutely adore Isabel. And when this opportunity to do this show, well, basically Tenet came to me and said, what do you want to do? You do whatever you want just let us know. And I had this idea for a show and I had sort of been thinking, you know, I've known Isabel for three or four years now and we've done different things over the years. And I was like, I, I wanna work with Isabel. I wanna do something a little, a little, even though as silly as this show can be at times, I wanna do something like a little more silly and viral and whatever. Um, I, I just adore her. I think she's great. She's got an incredible future ahead of her. She has a book coming out in about, uh, I think next month, if I'm not mistaken, right? Book's coming out next month. Uh, yours truly wrote the forward to that thing. Uh, I just love doing it. I think our vibe is right. Like it's just, it's just kind of silliness in the middle of the day. Uh, so if you have not checked out people of the internet, you should. It's, we, we don't do hardcore politics, a little, little cultural stuff, a little politics, but it's mostly just like the nonsense of, of what people are doing on the internet. And there is just a lot of nonsense. People just spending time, they have a problem and then they walk into the car, they sit down and they start screaming at the phone. Those, I find those always to be quite interesting. Or the, I love all the news person cracking stuff and all that. Um, but yeah, I, I adore Isabel and she's great and I look forward to doing this for a long time with her. Um, Lynn says, you were mentioning a good series to watch. Have you watched The Bear yet? It's on Hulu, excellent. Another one on Netflix, which you may have seen because it's older, is Money Heist. But if you haven't seen it, you all have to see it. It's riveting. I couldn't stop watching. I have not seen either. Are you giving a thumbs up to the bear? All right, Brock's giving the thumbs up to the bear. Have you guys seen Money Heist or the bear? Nobody else has seen them. I will take that under advisement right now because we're all in the midst of this team building exercise. One more time, I'll tell you what happened. We said, okay, sat down with all the guys at dinner. I said, we're all gonna pick a show and we'll watch it together over, over time. That'll be a team building exercise for all of us. Brock picked a show, a, a Japanese animation call, show called Attack on Titan. We all watched a couple episodes and we basically pushed it aside. It, I'm sorry, he loves it. It's, it apparently defines his whole life. 
but we were just like, we can't take this anymore. So now we've agreed. He said, okay, you don't have to watch all of Attack on Titan if we can all watch Barbie together. So apparently we're gonna watch Barbie together at some point. So that was his. Uh, Phoenix has Ozark, so we're gonna do that, which I have not seen. Severance? Severance, sorry, Connor has Severance, which apparently there's only one season of. Joey has Peaky Blinders, which David's been watching and he wants me to watch. Adi has uh, Ted Lasso, so I guess we're going for something a little sillier. I haven't seen that. And mine is The Sopranos. So stay tuned as we lay it. When we, when we start each show, I'll let you guys know so you can kind of watch with, with us and we'll do maybe, I don't know, like three episodes a week, that kind of thing. We'll be doing this basically till 2044, pretty much. Uh, Veronica says, uh, when you have worked with someone, uh, when have you worked with someone you didn't agree with to solve a problem or create something? What change in your mindset did you have to get something accomplished? Ooh, that is a, that is a good one. Um, well, I'll tell you, you know, Ultimately, when we created Locals, it was because I was able to wrang wrangle together the right people, the right programmers, and we got the right funding and all of those things. But it took a long time. You know, if you, for those of you that have been watching this show for at least five years, you know, at the height of the intellectual dark web, the IDW thing, when, you know, Jordan Peterson was just absolutely exploding rocket fuel, and there were the Weinstein brothers and Sam Harris and Ben Shapiro and me and Rogan and a bunch of other people, and that thing was, it was just blowing up, right? Uh, that would lead to the New York Times, you know, putting a bunch of us on the cover saying we're horrible people because we were just trying to have conversations and figure out some sanity. Um, we tried, we were trying to figure out, are we a podcast network? Are we like a road touring group? Like, are we going into politics? Like, what are we all trying to do? And there were a lot of meetings with agents and with lawyers and with all these people like, can we piece this thing together? And I think I've mentioned this once or, once or twice before, you know, like some people are a little more like team players. Like I like the idea of being part of like a dream team thing. You know, I, when I play basketball, I like passing. I like scoring too, but I like passing. Some people are just more like, I wanna do it my way and I wanna be solo and that's it. I would say that's more of Sam Harris. That's not, that in and of itself is not even a knock on the guy. I could knock the guy for other things. That's not a knock, it's just the way some people are. Um, Jordan was so explosive uh, that it was like, how can we even wrangle this guy into anything? Rogan obviously was super successful. Uh, Brett was just coming out of academia. Did he wanna be like an internet star? So there were all of these people and these different selective pressures. Suffice to say, we never put that together. But what I learned through all of that process was, okay, if I have a good idea, and my idea was that creators should be independent and should own their data and be able to communicate directly with their audience and have a slick app and live stream, and no middleman and all that stuff. Well, then I'm just going to go ahead and build it. If I can't get the, if I can't get all of the pieces right, I'll do it myself. And that's what I did. And then, of course, the rest is history. We end up uh, merging with Rumble, and we're really building those alternative pipes to the internet, which I'm, which we need to say the least. So I would say, you start doing something, and if it's if it's something good, you're not going to get it. Like it's very rare that it's like just like a straight shot, you know. Like you see the thing that you want and that's what you're gonna do and it, whatever, especially if you're building a company. It's more like you see that thing and then a whole bunch of stuff's gonna happen along the way and then you'll just kind of directionally build something similar to it or you'll realize, oh, maybe that wasn't the thing I wanted to build. I wanted to build somebody that, something like that. And I didn't wanna work with these people. I wanna work with these people. So uh, I would say just do something, just do it. Did I just come up with that phrase? Let's trademark that. Uh, Harry says, if you were president, what would some of your policy aims 
be for America. Well, if I was president right now, like right this second, close the border, period, that's it. We have got to like figure out what the hell is going on here and we cannot let more people in. Uh, we know that even before this craziness of the last three years of the Biden open border, that there were about 12 million illegals here. So there are 12 million people here living in the United States, many of them peacefully, working hard, all of that stuff. But we have to get a handle on who is here, why they're here, what are they doing, are they paying taxes, are they in the system to any degree, are they criminals, et cetera. Then you throw in the fact that we've got about another six million. So there's probably, it's like 15 to 18, maybe even 20 million illegals right now. No country can, can have that many people that are here illegally going under the radar, even if not, I'm not even saying all the people are, are, are bad. What, what were the numbers you gave me? Uh, you said about, uh, it's, it's about, so it's, they say it's about eight million, it's like six to eight million people have gotten here under Biden, right? Illegally. Now think about it, if, if 1% of those people are nefarious or up to no good, or maybe don't like, it's six million people, 1%, that's about 60,000 people that are in the United States right now know what they're doing, do you? So like the border, close the border, number one, and figure out what's going on. Clean our house first, right? That's a Jordan Peterson-esque way of saying it. How about we clean our room and then we'll clean the world after that. If there are people we wanna help outside our borders, we gotta clean the border first. I would say that would be number one. And number two, I would say people, people need a little relief. And uh, how about a flat tax? 15%, everybody pays 15%, that's it. No state income, to, well, the states could do whatever the hell they want, I'm president, I suppose, so states will do what they want, but no, uh, just a flat tax for everybody else, 37% you're gonna pay to the federal government, it's insane. Flat tax, and you know what, if you make under 50 grand, you get waived, and if you make over five mil a year, we'll tack on another 2%. I don't even think that's moral or legit, but we'll throw a bone to the progressives. Not that they would say that that's enough, but that basically you want a situation where virtually everybody in the country, except the absolute extremes, are paying the exact same percentage. Then people aren't jealous, you don't have class warfare, and then you know what, if the government's not getting as much money, the government will have to tighten up. How about that? Uh, Joe says, is Taylor Swift a PSYOP? So that's like one of the things that's bubbling online right now, that somehow Taylor Swift, and you know, that she's dating, uh, what's his name on the Chiefs? Uh, Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs, that somehow, that this is a psyop because you know she has so many supporters and young girls and boys that love her that are just gonna be voting for the first time that she'll go all in on Biden and you know that that again you get culture first and then politics is downstream from that. So the whole machine is pushing her to get more young people into the the Democrats. I don't know about that, but I will tell you this. I was at Whole Foods the other day and I'm checking out and you know they've got the magazine rack there and it was like six out of the eight magazines had Taylor Swift's face on the front. How does that possibly make any sense, right? Now I get it, it's a specific type of person, I suppose usually a woman that is interested in buying a magazine at checkout. So okay, it's gonna be, it's not just that it's gonna be, you know, guns and sports and Taylor Swift and cooking. Like there's a specific type of person that, but six out of eight were Taylor Swift on the cover? Like something doesn't, so I don't know that that makes it a psyop or a grand conspiracy. At the end of the day, if she's selling magazines and she's selling records and she's selling out concerts and everything else, like people like her, people like her. The, what was the song that I know? The, uh, what is she, oh, Shake It Up. The girl shakes it up, I guess, every now and again. 
Uh, Mary says, how are the boys doing? They must be into everything at this age, about 18 months. Yeah, so Justin's about 18, Luke's about 16 months. They're just great. They're just, uh, we did a little photo shoot with them yesterday. Uh, Justin's just tearing everything apart and jumping around and just constantly nicked here and there and all, you know, whatever, and throwing things and everything. Luke, as I told you guys, he runs a little cooler, uh, but now he's pushing back a little bit more and he's climbing around. His new thing is he likes to get as high as he possibly can and then just drop off whatever it is. And it doesn't matter if anyone's there. So I like to try to be there when possible, but like climb to the highest, you know, thing on the couch and just like, just, just go. Um, and then he loves it and he crashes and he loves it. And I was thinking one of the funniest things about having kids is that kids fall so many times a day. So at the, I don't know, someone's I'm sure done a study on this, but if you took like a one or a two year old, this kid, once they start walking, they must fall 80 or hundred times a day, right? They're just walking and they fall, they trip over something and they fall, they, the dog knocks them over, they just fall all the time and then they just get up and they keep going. Think about an adult. Any of you guys, if you fell once during the day, if you just fell once, your day is ruined. You are, oh, and then you're gonna complain about it. My hip hurts, my, like you fall on your face once, that's it. But something about being a kid, you can just, you take your licks and you keep, keep on going. And that is the human spirit that we all need right now. But they're doing great and thank you for asking the question. Uh, Angela says, uh, will you be taking part in any of Jordan Peterson's new Wrestle With God lectures? I purchased VIP meet and greets to his June 9th show in DC, so excited. Yes, we are figuring out something to do a live show with him at one of uh, the, the on-location venues as part of the tour. I don't know which one it is, maybe it will be DC, but good for you getting the, the meet and greet. You know, he does a great job because he does, he does the full-on lecture, then he does a smaller chat, it's usually about 100 people, and you will get at least 30 seconds with him and everybody wants to tell him their life story and how he helped them and everything else. I would say be brief and succinct and look him right in the eye and just get to it and thank him. And he, he hears all those stories. Like, I mean, I mean it literally and figuratively, like he hears them and it means something to him. And, uh, and I think it fuels him to keep going. So uh, that's great that you're going. Uh, Daly says, uh, was the border bill bad or not? I think it was bad, but now they're gonna blame Trump yet again. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, we, we went into it with a couple of the senators that we talked about or that I interviewed, look, they were gonna let in 1.8 million illegals a year. What, what kind of bill do you sign that tells you how many people are allowed to break the law that you're signing? We also don't need a new law to close the border. The president can do it right now. Actually, even this morning on Twitter, they're starting to talk about, apparently the Biden administration is leaking out that they might do some executive actions on the border. So the same people that a month ago told us there was no crisis, then want to put on this ridiculous bipartisan bill, which bipartisan just means everyone's getting screwed. And now they're suddenly like, oh, I guess the president could do something about this. All of that to be said, the Democrats, you got to give the devil his due. And what by this bill being killed, you can already feel what's going to happen. But this is exactly what's going to happen. Mark my words. Connor, do we have some sort of way we can make a note of this episode at this very moment? You have something on the computer that can do that? Uh, what they're gonna do is something bad is gonna happen. This is my prediction. Something bad, some sort of terror attack or something is gonna happen because of illegals before the election. And then what the Democrats and the mainstream media are gonna do is say, well, you see what happened? We tried to get a bipartisan bill out there and you Republicans didn't vote for it. So look to what happened. And the media and the Dems will lay the blame. Well, they'll lay the blame on Trump, right? Because they're saying, well, Trump doesn't want it to happen because if the Democrats got the border fixed, then Trump wouldn't have anything to run on. That doesn't make the bill good. There actually is some truth to that, right? If Biden started doing good things as a president, right? If Biden started, I don't know, 
getting rid of regulation, if Biden started having a cohesive foreign policy, if Biden started taking care of the border, there would be less reason to vote for Trump. I don't think he's gonna do any of those things, but I think they will figure out ways to blame things on Republicans and Trump and, and by the Republicans killing the bipartisan deal, which again, I'm saying is a bad deal. It is a bad deal, read it for yourself. 5,000 illegals can come in a day, 1.8 million a year, and that's only for Mexico. Non-contiguous nations, so like China, for example, if you're from a non-contiguous nation and you get through with China, then you don't even count at all. So it would be an unlimited amount of those people. Like only DC could come up with this. But it will be used. The, the killing of the bill will be used against the Republicans uh, on election time. Kat says, what's a skill that you want to learn? Um, you know, we're building out a big garden situation here, like a, a 15 by 40 foot garden situation. And we're also, I'm, I'm working on putting in a, a bigger, we had a little chicken coop when we were in, uh, in Cali. I wanna do a chicken coop situation, like a little composting thing. I wanna do a little more of the homesteading thing in general. Like I just want to be, I'm not gonna be off the grid living in Miami and I don't wanna be like fully, fully off the grid or at least at the moment, um, but just being able to really do more things and know that if, if the shit hit the fan, uh, that we could really take care of ourselves and, and all those things. So I'm really, you know, we've done little gardening thing and it's, it's obviously pretty easy to grow stuff here in Florida, especially citrus and that kind of stuff. Uh, but we're gonna do some potatoes, we're gonna do some lettuces, things of that nature. The waste, we'll give it to the chickens. The, the, like, I'm looking forward to a little bit of, uh, maybe we'll do a little, uh, we'll do an episode in a chicken coop. How does that sound? Pretty good. Trotsky says, uh, why are the Jewish people hated so much? Nazi Germany, Hamas, et cetera. What have they done so heinous that so many people want them removed from humanity? It's called surviving. It's as simple as that. Thomas Sowell, uh, we've played a video of him talking about this about 30 years ago. It's called surviving and excelling. Uh, Jews by and large, despite being a minority, had traditions, had family, had a culture, all of those things. And it was always a little bit of outside the norm and then through, through family and traditions and culture, figured out how to largely succeed in the ways that you want to succeed in the West. And people look at others. I mean, this is just a human condition. People look at others and they think, well, why do they have what we don't have? So it's a, it's a weird jealousy thing. In one of when, you know, a year, year and a half ago when Kanye was at like the height of his lunacy, he basically said that on, on one of, I think it was on Tim Pool's podcast. He was like, well, the Jews have succeeded and I want that for my community. And it's like, Okay, well, you can get that for your community. You might want to replicate some of the things that they've done rather than trying to kill these people or take them out or demonize them. Um, so there's a particularly, um, I would say, insidious version of this when it comes to Israel because Israel, they not only have they succeeded and thrived and taken a desert and made it bloom and all of those things, but they also have weapons. They're also not subjugated by other people, and that makes them doubly hated by these people. But I would say more than anything else, it's not a zero-sum game. Like, you shouldn't, anyone that you look at that, ha that has more than you, and by the way, there are plenty of Jews that don't have more and everything else. But if you're looking at a group of people and being like, they seem to do it right. Why is it where when they move to a community, the communities get cleaner or nicer or safer? Or what is it about that community that, oh, their families are more intact or whatever? It's not zero sum. You shouldn't be like, oh, we have to destroy those people so we can have those things. It's, oh, maybe there's some ideas there that you might want to replicate. Like, that's actually how it works or should work. Uh, Meg says, every once in a while, maybe monthly, could we have a show with just good things slash wins happening around the world? That would be a nice idea. All right, we are going to, is there anything good happening in the world today? Anything? Does anyone, any of you have any good news in your own lives? Someone say something positive about the world. 
What are we having for lunch? Thank you. Bro. We're having, all uh, right, all right. That's a little. No, no, just good. All right, we're going to find some good things. No one's giving me anything good at the moment. But <laughs> we will find, I like the idea, yeah. The problem is that people don't respond that much to good things. You know, I just try to tie the show in like a positive way at the end. <laughs> But you know, if you, people don't, it's why the news, they just, you, you ever watch the local news? This woman got raped, that man fell into a vat of acid. This six cats were burned alive. And it's like, why are you watching this, people? But for some reason, people do. Uh, all right, we gotta do this quick now, because uh, we, we're doing a little photo shoot after. Uh, Steven says, if you were Trump's campaign manager, what would your best piece of advice be for him and why? Well, look, it's, it's an unwinnable job. And it's a thankless job to be a campaign manager for Donald Trump because he's going to do whatever the hell he wants, whether it comes to the legal cases or the media or anything else. But I have said this since I've, I've always said this, but right now, the one thing you need, Trump, is all of these people like Rogan who didn't vote for you last time. There's every reason to believe they could vote for you. Aaron Rodgers, all these people waking up. There's all the reasons they could vote for you, but you got to just take a little bit off the top. Right, you gotta just ease up on the, oh, that's an ugly woman and this guy's stupid and all of that stuff. Not to say it can never be there and, you, and no one, it's hard to tell the guy who's done the thing that no one said he could do. It's hard to tell him how to do things, right? So it's not that I have some great insight on this, but the fundamental truth is there's so many people waking up right now, but they are still, there's either a level of TDS or they just, and, it, and it's largely uh, suburban, Middle-aged women, they will not vote for Trump. And a lot of them don't want to do it because they don't want, because they don't see Trump as a good role model because of the way he speaks and everything. Imagine if he just started like toning it down a little bit, a little bit. And he could even say, you know, I'm going to tone it down a little bit right now. You guys get what I am. Like, I think there's a way he could level up. I don't know that he has it in him, but I think there would be a way to do it. Mia says, uh, I've noticed you've been reacting to a lot of South Park scenes on your show recently. What do you think of South Park as a show? So this all happened because my guys all love South Park and they, they cannot believe that I had never seen South Park. I told you I was a Simpsons guy. I couldn't do two cartoons. It was just how it was. So we've been doing these videos that people are absolutely loving. I mean, South Park, like it's wacky as hell. It is extremely politically incorrect. Like you watch it, the whole time you're watching it, you're basically like, what is about to happen? Because you know something crazy is gonna happen. And then it's always crazier than what you think is gonna happen. Uh, so it's funny as hell. And at some point I would like to start watching it a little more contiguously rather than j just these little clips that we're showing. But I'm glad people seem to be, uh, seem to be digging these things. Guys, my full interview with Rand Paul uh, from DC at the new Rumble studio is up right now. Part two with Ben Shapiro is up across platforms. Uh, that also is, uh, well, all my stuff is early, as always, on rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, we leave you with another news blooper, and I will see you on People of the Internet in about an hour. Ciao. Check your panties. About 175,000 rice. I think that was supposed to be pantries. <laughs>